Welcome to Sam and Erica's Marriage Podcast. Here we will talk about practical ways to have an even better marriage and ways to handle the challenges that are sure to come. Regardless of where you are in your marriage, your age, or how long you have been married, this podcast is for you. We will discuss difficult topics from dealing with past hurts and unforgiveness to making date night spicy. Even if you're single, you probably want a better marriage than the marriages you've seen. Join us weekly as we discuss ways to make marriages better. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So in episode two, we're going to be talking more about money. Again, not because we want to talk about money, but because you guys asked us to. Yes, you did. Yes. So uh, just like we mentioned in episode one, the entire month of January, we're going to be talking about money, money in our marriage. In this episode, we're going to be talking more about how we see money, our attitude toward money. Mm -hmm. In the first episode, we talked about how we spend our money. We talked a lot about our spending plan. Right, we did. We talked a lot about the spending plan. And I just wanted to um, back up a little bit and find out exactly how the spending plan worked for you guys. We spent a lot of time talking about Mm -hmm. it. And I want to know if you guys, if you actually got a chance to talk about it, if you got, if you thought about it a little bit more past the episode, and if you got a chance to create one. If you did, you can always leave us a voicemail. Yes. And let us know how it went. If you didn't get a chance to create one, that's okay. There is always this evening or going forward, you can sit down with your spouse. Don't forget about that specific date and time to create a spending plan. Yeah, that's good. And uh, Erica mentioned a voicemail. If you're not listening to us directly from our website, you can go to seasonsministries.org slash podcast. And you can listen to us from our website. You'll see a tab on the side that says voicemail. If you click on that tab, you can leave a voicemail. That's actually our preferred way to communicate. Uh, Nobody else hears those messages. It's just Erica and I. And uh, we promise to, to listen to each and every one of them. So back to the conversation about our attitude toward money. As you're developing your spending plan, one of the things that comes up often is that you and your spouse may see money a little differently. We know that just looking around in our lives and in America in general, we have a very different view of money than the view of money found in Scripture. Right. Like money in Scripture is very different than the way we use it. I'm specifically uh, reminded of a Scripture that is probably misquoted more than any other piece of Bible ever, and that is, Money is the root of all evil. Like, that is like old school, bad Bible 101. Like, money is the root of all evil. When you look in scripture, you know, you see for yourself that money is not the root of all evil. The money doesn't have an intrinsic value. It's not good or bad. 1 Timothy 6.10, where people get that bad doctrine from, actually reads... For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So just to set the record straight, right, Bay? Right. We just want to get that out there. Right. We want to make sure that we're doctrinal correct. Right. It's not the 
money that's bad. It's when we have this love for money that bad things happen. That's where the root of evil is. Uh, so we take that we take that as like the place where we begin our discussion this time mm-hmm. is that um, how do we see that that peace? You know, money is such an important piece of our lives. How do we see it? Do we see it as a negative or a positive? Do we see it as a tool? Because I think that's really closer to what the Bible says. That, that it's it's a thing that we can use to build things or to destroy things. Mm-hmm. It's a thing we can we can use it to do things like to uh, set aside a secure future. Mm-hmm. We can use it to, of course, rain shiny stuff on ourselves. You know, I like some shiny stuff. Right. We talked about that last in the last episode and some logos. Yeah, we, I, li- we, I like some we logos. We talked about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, we talk about, you know, do I want to use money? Do we want to use money? to let's say secure our future you know do we want to use our our money today to invest in our tomorrow Mm -hmm. Uh, that's saving do we want to use our money do we think that the purpose of money is so that we can uh, leave a legacy or send our kids to college or to uh, guard ourselves against calamity you know to have six months of expenses set aside Mm -hmm. you know what do we think about these when we actually talked about this and when we were preparing it, um, all of those things came to mind. But another thing that came to my mind was we see money as a status symbol mm. where, you know, we tend to look at if we have more money, then we're more important. Mm, if we have yeah. no money, then we're less important. If we have more money, then our voice is heard. If we have no money, then we have no voice at all. Mm. So that was actually something that I thought about. And then, you know, the scripture that I have is Matthew six nineteen twenty that says, Do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy where thieves break in and steal, mm. but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermins do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For the where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that actually just lends me, takes me down the path of, you know, what do I consider valuable? Mm. You know, what do I consider important? Um, Is it more important for me to have a lot of shiny things and logos? Or is it more important for me to, say, spend some time with my family? That's really good. And I think we, we, maybe that is so good. Because that really ties to, like, the the end of uh, that First Timothy verse I talked about earlier. It's that when we get, when we get this eagerness for money, we end up hurting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked in our preparation time about that guy that's out there just working. He wants to work overtime so he can provide more for his family. In actuality, he's not at home. Right. He's not. A- he's absent. You know, we we definitely can't take that approach to it because that kind of defeats the purpose. Right. The whole purpose in this guy's mind, and I've been that guy is I want to do better for my family, Mm -hmm. but I'm really taking away the most important thing, Mm -hmm. my very presence from my household. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a great point. One of the things, too, in the I want to do better for my family, we tend to, or at least I, tend to get that mixed up. We tend to think we work harder, we make a better life for our family, but in actuality, we really don't. 
make a better life, we create more stuff. But like you were saying before, it's, you know, we bring about grief because the guy's not at home. Uh, there's loneliness that sets in with the wife. The children are primarily being raised by one parent in single parent households. And so, you know, that's just not a, it's, it's just not a good look. Yeah. Not a healthy approach. Right. It's not, if we sit down and we sit down in front of scripture, with our spouse, and we really discuss money, and really, really kind of hear each other's heart on it. I think those kind of things will come to light mm-hmm. like if if we just really have the dialogue, really ask the tough questions. I think we really will see things that that we just not we're not quite doing. We're really not accomplishing that thing that we're shooting for. Mm-hmm. You know, where we're shooting for a better life. But we're really detracting from the life that we already have. Uh, and money is just one of those things. It's one of those ways that we end up in that situation uh, over and over and over again in our marriages. Another thing that we talked about as we were preparing for this is uh, you can't really talk about your attitude about money without crossing your attitude about debt. Because debt is, is debt is a huge part of uh, how we live out our attitude about money. Mm-hmm. We can say debt is bad, but if you've got you know Bank of America and Capital One and three or four other banks lined up outside your door, then that's really not what you believe. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of you know the right thing to say. I also what I want to do is I want to back up and make sure that it's very, that we make it clear that there isn't anything wrong with the guy who or the woman who's out there working their finger to the bone no, to provide for their family. Not at all. We absolutely we know that the word says that a man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. He's worse <laughs> than an unbeliever. That's like one of Sam's favorite, verse. favorite scriptures. Yeah, right there, bro. All of- <laughs> All of the girls in our house, they all know that scripture. We just want to make sure that we're saying that, you know, that it may be possible or may be necessary to work two jobs to get rid of some debt, but not necessarily work two jobs to pay for the portion, the driveway. Yes. Yes, that's good. And this is such a beautiful uh, point, Bay. We have I've, we we've run often into people that have had this this problem to one degree or another. We've had some very extreme cases actually in couples that we've worked with where people had just decided that this is the lifestyle they wanted to live. Both people would work two full-time jobs mm-hmm. so that they could have uh, luxury dinners and high-end clothing. And the children were basically raising themselves mm-hmm. and the husband and wife didn't understand why they weren't connected anymore. Right. And that's just not a healthy approach. Like Erica said, uh, there have been times and and there can be times where you do have an income issue, where you may want to take on extra hours or extra work or a side hobby that's going to be profitable, what have you. But those things are are things that you should decide, you know, in in, uh, conversations between the two of you. And it, it would only be wise to uh, to quantify those things, to right. say, okay, we know we need to pay back this student loan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drive Uber until I get the $6,000. And as soon as that's over, then I'm not going to be an Uber driver anymore mm-hmm. or what have you. I'm going to work the extra shift until we pay off the credit card that we use for Christmas, 
whatever it is, but you set that time for a definitive purpose Mm -hmm. and you set it for a definitive time. It's not the way we're going to live from now on. It's with a purpose, knowing that it's just a season. Right. So that's a great, that's a great point. Uh, As we get into the debt discussion, though, just like people think, or I've heard people say that uh, money is bad. I've heard people say the same thing about debt. The debt is bad. And again, I don't, I don't have an opinion that strongly because the Bible doesn't say that debt is a sin. It does, however, warn us over and over and over again that that's not the position God wants us in. Mm-hmm. So while it's not a sin for me to have a mortgage, I don't think that's the way God wants me to live my life. One of the things um, when we talked about debt and we were talking about uh, this in, in our preparation is I thought about bondage, mm. you know, and how, you know, the word tells us that Jesus came so that we could be free. Mm. And when we have a lot of debt, we're really tied to the debt. It's like bondage. It we is. can't move. We can't take vacations. We can't do anything because we're tied to this monthly payment that we um, have to have or that we have to make. So that's something that really that I have in the back of my mind when we talk about debt, like it's really bondage. And this is not the life that God has purpose for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the scripture that comes to mind for those people that have done the money thing with, uh, we talked in the first episode about Crown Financial and Dave Ramsey and a lot of those similar programs, you know, all these scriptures you've heard a million times. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, that Proverbs 22, 7, that the, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender just flat out spells that out. Right. That it is absolutely bondage, mm-hmm. that you are absolutely a slave to the person that you borrowed that money from. Mm-hmm. That before you consider yourself, you have to consider them. Right. That you can't decide to do something on your own because you have a master. Mm-hmm. And we don't like to think about debt in those terms, but that's how the Bible puts it. You know, and I drive through this, the the drive through at Starbucks and put three dollars on a Visa card. I'm really tying myself to a bank over a cup of coffee. Like that is not what God has for me. Uh, so if we understand what the Bible says about debt and we see all these warnings, all throughout the Proverbs, Hebrews 13, 5, you know, the Bible, God is telling us, hey, this debt thing, you you don't want to be a person out there just borrowing and promising to pay. You want to you want to be the other side of that coin. You know, I like the stuff mm-hmm. I like. So I'm down that road now. And it's so easy for me to get overextended. It's so easy for me to take something that's virtually harmless and hinder myself with it in a way where it really hurts me. Mm -hmm. And I think debt works that way for a lot of people. I think in America, and we talked about this a little bit too earlier, that it's real easy. I mean, we are bombarded with credit card commercials, Mm -hmm. kids, the second they sign up for college or even when they graduate college, they are bombarded with credit card applications. They get them constantly in the mail. They even teach that it's, you know, you need to have some credit. So we are bombarded with credit, 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 debt, 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 all kinds of car commercials, big houses. And we have to be very mindful 
of that, we have to practice some self-control mm-hmm. and going, nope, that is that is not good for me. That's not a good idea. I know for me personally, I have to pull back and say, yeah, nope, I wouldn't be able to tell Sam about this. I can't do it. <laughs> It, it, that that is such a crazy thing, but and it's so funny. I remember when we took our oldest daughter to college. Mm-hmm. I was shocked at how many credit card kiosks there were. Like everybody, and this is freshman move-in day. Mm-hmm. This is our first experience on a college campus on the actual move-in day. But other than parents moving people in, the only people there were people giving away T-shirts and hats, vouchers, Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Bull, everybody was giving away something if the student signed up for a credit card. For a credit card. That was like amazing to me. I I was stunned by that. Mm -hmm. They were everywhere to get these 18-year-olds with no jobs and no money in debt. In debt. In debt. They're on the campus. The campus is filled. People everywhere. Right. Signing up your kids to get them in debt. Right. So I think that goes back to what I was really trying to talk about in the beginning is what what is our attitude about debt? Mm-hmm. We know what the we know what the word says about debt. But our what is our attitude about it? Like some people view debt as like a necessary evil. Like you just can't live in America without having some debt. Right. Like I'm always gonna have a car payment. Right. Or uh I'm always gonna have a mortgage. Like some people think just debt is a part of life. Mm-hmm. Uh other people love debt. Like, debt is a way to make my life easier. You know, I don't have to make the whole payment now. I can do a little something on it and do a little something later. <laughs> it's like a convenience thing. Like, I can I can live better than I can really afford to live mm-hmm. if I'm willing to take on some debt. Right. And then the other people that hate it. Like, some people can't stand to be in debt. They don't want to owe a dime ever. It makes them sick. It keeps them up at night. So... We have to ask ourselves and our spouse, what is our attitude about debt? Like collectively, first individually, but collectively, what, how are we going to move forward with debt, regardless mm-hmm. of where we were? Mm-hmm. Because chances are, if you're listening to this podcast in America, you've got some debt. I was, as we were preparing for this, I read something on CNBC and they say the average American has $38,000 in debt. Not including their mortgage. So you got 40 grand just laying around. Stuff you can't even find anymore. You got 40 grand on that. Right. Uh, not including where you live. Right. So we, we definitely have some some debt issues. Mm-hmm. So uh, the good and bad. That was another thing that really jumped out at me about debt. Like there's uh, some preconceived things that we have about <laughs> debt that just don't line up biblically. You know, like we see like a mortgage is like good debt. Right. Which is what I thought that it's it's I have to have a house. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Homeowner. Right. I should I should borrow the money from my house. <laughs> right. That makes perfect sense. And then we see other things like credit cards. Like that's that's like a bad debt. Unless you like getting points. Like if you get free stuff, then credit card debt is smart. Mm-hmm. If you or like a payday loan. That's bad debt. Like, that's a bad debt. You can't have a payday loan. Uh, but student loans. That's good debt. Oh, that's good debt, right, because you need that debt. to. So we, we've kind of crafted this debt thing to be convenient for us in ways that 
Scripture just not. Mm-hmm. It says that the borrower is slave to the lender. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say the borrower is slave to the lender unless it's his mortgage. Your mortgage is your master as much as your payday loan is your master. If you're obligated to them, if you're in debt that way, the, the, the scripture applies. It's no different. So we ask ourselves then, should we use debt? You know, and I think that's a question that every couple has to answer. You know, I think oftentimes one person in a relationship will kind of make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that, that generally doesn't go well. You and I talked about in preparing again was the whole idea of the credit report. Oh, yeah. Really good. Where we, um, I actually, we read in a book over the summer, we talked about the class that we facilitated, Money and Marriage by Howard Dayton. And he had an idea for couples um, premarital to exchange credit reports. Mm -hmm. And I, when I first read that, I thought, oh, my goodness, that sounds ridiculous. That's so far, so out there. But then as I read the chapter further and started discussing it with the members of the class, it makes so much sense. You really want to know how much debt you, you know, at first, if there's debt. Yes. That's important. And then you really want to know how much debt you're getting ready to take on in a marriage. That is definitely something to talk about. And then with married for a married couple in the state of Ohio, um, where we live, there aren't, I think the... Your debt is separate. Yeah. So your mm-hmm. debt is separate. My debt is separate. But we still need to know how much debt the each the other person is carrying. I need to know if there is a $150,000 bill out there somewhere <laughs> that you have that I don't know anything about and vice versa. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's very important for us to come to the table as a couple and sit down and talk about that debt and to figure out how if you make a decision as a couple to work through the debt and to get rid of it how you're going to do that in a way that's practical. I agree. I agree 100%. And I I really land on that from the perspective of married people. Mm -hmm. Because as, as unfortunate as it is, and it's just the truth, in most marriages, there are secret debt. There are accounts that the other spouse doesn't know about. You can't figure out why it is that you want to set aside some money to do a certain thing, but your spouse is resistant. It's because your spouse has got Capital One asking them what's in their wallet. <laughs> like, it's not because they don't want to go on a nice date. It's because they've got a credit card that you don't know about mm-hmm. that they've got to make the payments for. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the kind of things. That's the kind of bondage. That debt can really have on you and it can really impact your marriage negatively that way. I um, have a, a, a personal story that I'm just going to just share and put it all out there. You know, this past Christmas, I applied for a card. I applied for a credit card and because I just felt like I work every day. Every day. <laughs> Justification. I work every day. And I, I applied for this card and I got it and I felt so guilty. Like I had to come down and I had to confess to my husband, babe, I applied for this card. I got it. And I really want to appreciate your grace because you know what he said, okay, we'll take care of it. And I thought, oh, wow, we'll just take care of it. 
okay, I cannot use this card because I just really felt like that wasn't the best thing for our marriage. The last thing that I needed to do was bring in more debt. And so I just wanted to say in front of everybody in that front I of the whole re- world, like we didn't plan this, <laughs> that I really appreciate the grace that you gave me in that with getting that card outside of discussing it with you. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with the whole world. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it was You're good. Welcome. We and 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 I think a lot of that comes from us having had these conversations about debt over the years. You know, uh, Erica made a joke in our first episode about not wanting to be debt free. Right. And that's, that's just the, she was his joke. Right. And, that was a joke. <laughs> it, working on our debt has been something that we've really worked at really hard for a while. Mm-hmm. And we really do know that there's a difference between uh, living just enslaved to lenders versus the freedom that we can have if we just live responsibly. So to to go out and to to start that cycle up again would have only been taking a step backwards. Mm-hmm. And that's all that was really about. Mm-hmm. But when we have those little payments, and as Erica mentioned, the credit card being like the primary, that's like the gateway drug to debt. You know, those little <laughs> payments that those credit cards can make, man, they have such a huge impact on your marriage, your day-to-day personal finance. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've got 20 or you've got uh, five little payments, those five little payments end up zapping money out of your wealth. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the things that you want to do, you you want to go on a little vacation, a little getaway, well, not when you got those six little payments you have to make or, you know, $20 here, $50 there, $150 here. And you really just diminish the amount that you could be saving. It, it ties into the way you give. You know, you could be much more generous in your giving if you didn't have all of those little payments. And I'm not I'm talking about giving in all aspects, not just at your church, but you know, we have we talk about our grown children. We have adult children, and there were things that that I would really long that I would really love to do for them mm-hmm. if I were in a better position financially. Right, living for the last twenty years with all these little payments has put me in a position where I couldn't do some of those things. Mm-hmm. Erica, your Christmas thing, you talked about this something this Christmas. I have a. Um a goal, a desire, it's really heavy on my heart is I want to be able to just go to Walmart and just pay off somebody's Christmas. Um, you know, I don't have Tyler Perry's money. Won't pay off or, my Christmas. Or, <laughs> you know, I don't have, you know, big money like that, but that's just a dream that I, I really do believe that I should be able to do that one day. Um, it's not a... It's not because I want notoriety or anything like that, but it really is because it comes from a place of God has blessed me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And what I really want to do is be able to I want to be in a situation where we could give back as a as a whole, as a family. Mm -hmm. Backing up a little bit about that whole thing when I said I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be debt free. I think I should explain that a little bit. (laughs) In the beginning of our marriage, now remind you, I have to remind you that Sam and I, when we first got married, we were 19. Mm -hmm. We had a small child. We were in the military. We didn't have any money. And it was a struggle all the time. Can Can I say we didn't have any money? 
we didn't have any okay we, we didn't have any money okay we it didn't have any money any all money right. okay and we lived in hawaii for like two and a half years but it was a struggle all the time and so when we got to a place where we were i would say financially stable mm-hmm. we could eat we could <laughs> We got to a place where we were financially stable. In my head, I just wanted to live. Mm. Like, I didn't want to constantly have to live, you know, be tight on everything paycheck to paycheck. I just wanted to live. And so, you know, fast forward and Samuel decides that we want to pay off the house early. Well, that's not anything that I I don't want to do that because I just want to live my life. But I am here to say that I am on board with becoming debt free. It is the responsible thing to do. And I understand that it's not, you know, it's not the life that God has for me. He does not want me to be tied to Capital One or, you know, whoever else card I have in my wallet. (laughs) That's right. No names. (laughs) No names. So we know what debt is. We kind of understand, okay, everybody walks into their relationship with a perspective about debt. Mm-hmm. We know that God has a clear perspective on debt. And more importantly, he has uh, ideals for us mm-hmm. and how we ought to live our life in respect to debt. Mm-hmm. So that, that lends us to the what do we do part. Eric and I came up with a couple of suggestions of, of things that we could do. Uh, and the first thing she mentioned, we got to discuss it. We got to talk about it. You know, you and your spouse have to sit down and have the conversation about your debt, not just pie in the sky, what we want to do down the road. But what do we owe today? Mm -hmm. Like, no, not just what do you owe on your favorite card? (laughs) What do you owe in total? Right. What's the payoff on the Mercedes today? Ooh. What is the... (laughs) What's the balance due on the mortgage? How much of this house belongs to me and how much of it belongs to them? We need to lay out all of those things. Get them out in the open. Mm-hmm. The second thing is we need to develop a plan to get out of debt. Right. You know, if if you've decided that, hey, this isn't the way God wants me to live. Hey, I can do something about this now. Then the two of you together need to come up with a plan to get out of debt. Now, those plans are, are, we can often have a plan that won't work. We've heard about plans that don't work. Mm-hmm. Air, do you? The only thing that I, um, you know, as far as a, I, I would actually suggest one of the favorite, my favorite get out of debt plans is the Snowball by mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey and his, I think it's in his Total Money Makeover. But that really, I do know of couples who have lived that snowball effect Mm -hmm. where they have paid off the smallest car first and then the second smallest and so on and so on. And they um, landed in a place where they were debt free in about, you know, 24 to 36 months, two to three years. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge financial mountain that they had to climb. And that's really a, a good thing. I know of a, you know, a couple whose wife is no longer working and, you know, they took those necessary steps to get debt free. And so now they're able to live a couple years on just one income. Mm-hmm. So I do know that it definitely works. Yeah, We've had uh, people have talked about that Dave Ramsey, since we're talking about that. Uh, he had, his slogan is live like no one else. Right. So you can live like no one else. Right. And, you know, to go down to just 
eating beans and having one light on, that might work for you. Right. Uh, it won't work for everybody. So don't feel like you have to. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. It's either I'm going to just live in poverty until I'm debt free or I'm just going to start spending because there's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. Those aren't your options. If you can't do something that's really frugal, really strenuous, then you and your spouse together sit down and come up with something that works for you. Mm-hmm. Make the cuts where you can make cuts. And you may not be able to do it in 24 months. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to take you 48 months. You know, maybe your tolerance for this thing, because of all of the things that have happened to you up to this point, won't allow you to scale it back to beans and rice. If Erica were to suggest to me beans and rice, I don't think that we would have much of a conversation <laughs> because I'm, I'm not willing to do beans and rice. But I do I do plan to go at it aggressively. Mm-hmm. But beans and rice, I'm not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Every couple is different. Right. And the, the, your experiences, the things that have brought you to where you are today, your income, the amount of debt you owe, all of those things factor in. And you should consider each of them mm-hmm. when you're determining what kind of plan. And uh, lastly about the plan is that there needs to be buy-in from both parties. Right. If one of you wants to be debt-free and the other one don't, doesn't, guess what? You won't be debt-free. Right. Or you won't be married because you're either going to fight or you're not going to pay off the debt. Mm-hmm. One of the things, too, that I want to add as far as... Um you know, setting up a lifestyle so that you're debt free. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get rid of cable. It <laughs> means that maybe you know, a lot of people probably don't have cable anyway now, but it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of it. You can scale back That's and right. take that, you know, extra 10 or $15 and put it on a credit card or put it, um, you know, on a car payment. Or, you, you know, you may not have to go out and have a $100 steak every week for date night, maybe mm. just twice a, mm. a month, mm. you know, just take that money and put it someplace else. That's the scale back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean all the way down to bare bones. So understanding that we come to the table with debt, understanding that we come to the table with attitudes about debt and understanding that we don't have to remain that way are things that kind of call us to action. Like, okay, we get that. We understand we're going to talk about it. We understand we're going to develop a plan. We know we're going to put this into action. What we're going to ask you to do between the time you hear this episode and maybe the time you hear our next episode is to kind of set aside a day for you and your spouse to actually do this thing. Mm -hmm. Set aside a day and a time where the two of you are going to sit down and have the debt talk, you know, to really get it out there in the open, to really talk about you know, your goals as far as debt is concerned. It's a good idea. To uh, to really talk about how much debt you really have, to really see those numbers. Uh, this may even require pulling some credit reports. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But to really to, to take some action. We also want to ask that uh, you guys would uh, continue to pray for our podcast. We had some challenges between episode one and episode two. <laughs> we did. But prayerfully, we made it through. We so did. episode two's right on schedule. Right on schedule. Uh, but we ask again that you guys continue to pray for us. Uh, this is a new thing for us, and we're excited. We're having a lot of fun. We are. But we're experiencing some challenges. We are. So uh, continue to pray for us. And lastly, we really want to ask this week that you would 
hit us up that voicemail tab. We really want to get some feedback, really want to hear what you think about the podcast. If there are uh, show ideas, if Sam talks too much, whatever <laughs> it is, hit that voicemail tab. You go to our website, seasonsministry.org slash podcast. Wherever you scroll on the page, the tab stays right there on the right-hand side. You just click the voicemail tab and you leave us a message. Uh, we'll listen to them and uh, maybe we'll even have some comments that are appropriate for the show. Absolutely. All right. We want you to share the podcast, too, with family members and Thank friends. You. We want to definitely make sure, you know, we're asking that you guys get the word out. Yes. And, and share. That's right. Check us out on Facebook. Check mm-hmm. it out on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're all over all of those places and every place that you listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to talk to you again in our next episode where we'll continue our conversation about money. God bless. God bless.